Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Mic. We are so excited that you're listening today. I'm here with Coco and Chloe and Logan, and we're doing something a little bit different. We're talking about some new age spirituality things and specifically manifestations in crystals. Um, Chloe, will you kind of start us off and give us uh, a definition, what you've read about manifestations? What is it? Uh, And then we'll kind of dive in a little bit. Yeah, um, the definition on the internet of manifestation says it's the idea that you can bring a positive outcome into your life by simply claiming it as your own and believing that it will happen. Okay, so are are there pieces of that that like, because I think that what's tough about this is like, that doesn't sound bad. It sounds like an okay thing. And I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here. Like, does that fit in with Christianity? Is it against Christianity? Is it? kind of alongside, um, what would you guys say? Yeah, I think, I think, Jared, you're exactly right that it starts as like, this might be okay, but you very quickly get into a territory that is against God's word. And the problem with manifestations is that uh, it's very eye-centered, and you are like the individual speaking something, when you look at manifestations and and people who believe in this, they are saying you're speaking something into the universe to help it come to fruition, to come into existence. And the problem with that is that you don't have the power, right? If we look at God's word, God is the one who has power and authority over creation and over our lives. We don't have the power to just speak things into existence. God spoke things into existence at the creation of the world. Like That was his role, right? He knitted us together in our mother's womb. We don't have power to just bring things into existence in and of ourselves. And I think you transition from, hey, it's okay for Christians to have goals, to have prayers, to have dreams, to have aspirations. But when you start viewing that in an idolatrous way that you are the one who is creating it, or you're speaking it to the universe and the universe is creating it, that's where you have some flawed theology and you start getting into a dangerous territory. Yeah, because I think to me, when we were start when we started talking about this, this is so interesting because I think it is so close to the line of some things that I do think are really important, being like positive self talk and um, being able to understand truth and hang on to that truth tightly, to know what God's word says about you, what it says about the people around you, what it says about the world. Um, Coco, will you talk a little bit about like why we as Christians like why should we be optimists and not like people that try to manifest things. What's the difference there and why do you think we should be optimists? Yeah, I think we can, as believers, can be optimists because we have hope in Jesus. Like what Logan said, like when we are trying to manifest things, it's it puts it all on us and the universe. And the question is, what is that? Like, what is the universe? How can we help get ourselves in a different situation? And honestly, like we, we were looking at an article and just – you know, how to manifest and just to kind of get, do some research and stuff. And I was looking at the comments on it and it, and it really broke my heart because all these people on the comments were saying, my life has been really hard and I feel like, you know, my health is hard. I don't have any money, all these different things. So I'm going to try this. And I look at that and I'm like, all these people are looking for hope. And so as a Christian, as a believer, I'm like, well, what is my role 
in this. It's like our role is to tell people that they can ultimately have hope in Jesus. And because of Jesus, we can be optimists. Because of Jesus, we can pray and ask him uh, to do things because he's the one that has all the power and authority over everything on earth and over the earth. And so because he has the authority, we can pray to him and he can do whatever he wants because he's God. The universe or finding it in ourselves will ultimately leave us empty and it will not do anything for us. Yeah, I feel like when you're manifesting something, you're ultimately like losing sight of God's like sovereignty and Mm -hmm. him just being trustworthy um, and that we can go to him. And also that like God in Ephesians 3, it's like saying that he will do abundantly more than we ask or think. And so like I think about that when I was younger, like I prayed for a husband and I had all these things in my head that I wanted in a husband one day. And it's like, I, there's things that God gave me in my husband that I didn't think to ask him or anything like that. And so he gave me so much more abundantly, abundantly more than I could have ever asked or thought of. And so I'm just think I'm thankful for that scripture and that Jesus does give us, he wants us to live an abundant life. Mm. Yeah, and and I think this has become popular. You look at like um, there's like the the three six nine manifestation technique that has become popular on TikTok, and it, it's like rooted in some of Tesla's thoughts. And it's the idea that write down what you want three times in the morning, six times in the afternoon, and then nine times before you go to bed. And it's mm-hmm. like that. I think people cling to that. And it sounds good on the surface because people are grasping for anything to change their life. Mm -hmm. But like you said, Coco, the problem is, is like, we don't have that power, right? We can't do that on our own. Only God has the ability to that. So I would say, man, if you want to, why don't don't you change that from just writing out what you want to pray? I'd encourage someone, hey, pray that many times a day, right? And ask God for those things. And in his sovereign will, like you mentioned, Chloe, he knows how to give us good gifts. He's a good father. Uh, and, and I think that that's really important to uh, remember. Yeah. I mean, on this topic, I think of Galatians 5, and it talks about in a section, living by the Holy Spirit's power. And uh, people are looking for that like supernatural power to live by. And um, I think it's really interesting because it talks about how we want to let our lives be guided by the Holy Spirit as believers. But um, it talks about in verse 19 um, that we have this Um, you know, we're trying to live by the Holy Spirit, but our flesh wants to also take control. You know, we see that battle in our everyday lives. Um, But it says in verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, and division, envy, and drugs. And it goes on. And it says anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So as believers, we don't need to lean into that and we don't need to say, hey, I want to manifest. So I'm going to, I mean, I would classify that as idolatry, sorcery, like anything against God's word would be classified as these things. And so I think that is very clear in scripture that we don't want to engage in that activity. Yeah. And, and uh, as I was looking this up and trying to figure out, because I do think that this is something that is can come alongside of Christianity and people go, I can have, I can follow Jesus and manifest for myself. That's, and I was reading where it kind of where that comes from. And in Mark eleven twenty four it says, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And you could hear that and go like, all right, I'll ask for it in prayer, believe that it's going to be mine and it'll come there. And like, you have to take that with 
how the rest of the Bible talks about prayer. And like, we have to understand that prayer has to come alongside of what the Lord's plan is, what the Lord's will is. And if we're praying things that are just like outside of that and just honestly selfish, like if I'm going to manifest something on my own, it's probably going to be selfish. Um, That's not what scripture tells us to do. That's not the heart of God is for those desires in myself. And then in, uh, in Lamentations uh, 3.37, it's, it, it's a rhetorical question, but it says, who can speak and have it happen if the Lord has not decreed it? Mm, and it's like, there it is. There's the answer of, uh, can you just speak something into existence? You can get some things done. You can put your will, you can put your foot to the pedal. You can put your, you can, you can do it. You can do some things, but if you're doing it against what the Lord has decreed, against the will of God, that, that's a recipe for disaster in running in a direction that God is not ordained, he's not good with, the Bible does not outline. Um, any other thoughts on manifestations before we... Yeah, I, I think like here's the deal. Um, we would all say, all four of us sitting here would be like, hey, you should have goals in your life. But I think the deal is, is what you're... you're your relationship with God should determine your goals, Mm -hmm. right? So if you keep God at the number one spot, your goals should be oriented with his will and purposes and plans. So I think that it's like, I look at Paul, and I think Paul was like, I I just view it from reading scripture, I think Paul was like pretty driven individual. He wanted to go to places and share the gospel, and sometimes he wasn't able to go, but he was saying, hey, this was my intention. He had goals, but he was under the authority of God. And he submitted to the will of God and the leading of his life. And so my hope for everyone listening, for all of us, for myself personally, is that the goals that I would have, that they would align with God's word. And I think that um, that is important. And and, uh, I do think what we focus on is important. If we're focusing on the things of God, I think um, we will see those things come to fruition in our life. But we have to be sure that the focus is determined from God himself. Yeah, and... uh... The other topic that we kind of wanted to touch on today is similar. It's something I think people can can assume this adds to my Christianity. This is an additive. This is something that helps it or enhances it in some way. And that's like the 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 idea of like bringing in like something physical, like crystals. Can somebody just talk about like what is that? What does that mean? Um, can we just add things to our Christianity physically that will enhance something? Yeah, I feel like on the topic of crystals that has become like a bigger thing just in our society. Like um, a few weeks ago we were talking about, or I was talking about YouTubers and there's YouTubers that I've watched my whole life and now they're getting into crystals and having them in their rooms and in their homes. And it's all about the energy of these crystals, bringing those into your life. And I feel like, I mean, I know the Bible talks about um, rubies and gold and crystals and they're God's design and they're beautiful creations, but they're not meant to be an object that we idolize and that we worship and that we believe that will bring some sort of supernatural or spiritual power. Yeah. Where, what's the line between like, oh, I like this thing because it's pretty or this thing, you know, I like, I, I like the way it looks um, to like, oh, I'm believing this thing for something more important. Yeah. Um, I, I think that there is a distinction between um, an object and you being like, oh, that's beautiful. I can admire that beauty versus this is an object and I'm going to put my hope in it or I'm going to lean into the supernatural of this object and I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to dabble in this because I think we like when you start to dabble in the supernatural, 
then that is a really scary place to be because it's so real. And I think so, a lot of young adults be like, well, I don't know if this is real. Like, it's just cool looking, whatever. But I would just really like put a caution out there to anybody who's just like, oh, I want to like have this object and I'm going to worship it. Or I'm going to like hope that this wards off anything bad or it gives me good energy. And all of that puts our hope, puts our uh, trust in this object that will not do anything. The Bible talks a ton about idolatry, about how um, that is not going to fulfill us. That's not going to help us. We only can put our hope in Jesus and that Jesus truly is the only way uh, to life. And so I would just definitely put a caution up for anybody who's like, I'm doing this to um, ward off any spirits or ward off anything because it is a very real thing. The Bible talks about how um, you know we fight against uh, principalities and powers in rulers of this world and it's not just objects if that makes sense yeah i think it's important to acknowledge like uh there very much is a spiritual battle going on in our world uh we look at jesus's ministry and so much of his ministry was exactly that and i think where we have to be careful it is idolatrous to look at a crystal and say, this has spiritual power in my life. This has the power to do, like God is the one who has spiritual power and who has spiritual authority. Uh, and, and so when we look at that and we're like, this crystal is going to provide me with strength, with this crystal is going to ward off something, this crystal is going to protect my family, then we get into a danger zone of replacing God's position with this spiritual spiritual force that's kind of ethereal. And uh, I think about it like this, like it, this is an industry. Don't, don't we like, mm-hmm. we don't need to forget that like people are making money off of this. I think of, you know, there were people who were mad during uh, the apostles ministry after Jesus has left as the disciples are sharing the gospel uh, as they kind of rebuked some of that that was going on. There were people who were mad that they were calling out sorcery and, and rebuking that. And so I think it's like, man, this they were mad. The people were mad in that story because they were ruining their way of commerce, you know, mm-hmm. and there are people making money off right. of this industry. And I think we have to remember, like, if Satan can't just outwardly destroy you, he's going to distract you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this feels like something that's like, is it really that big of a deal? Like, is this really that big of a deal? But I think about Romans 1 and what Paul talked about with, like, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Um, and then uh, Romans 1, I think it's 25. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to grab it. Um, that it says, because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the, cre- the creature rather than the creator. Mm-hmm. Like, th- there's a consequence to that. Yeah. And w- it, regardless of what it is, whether you're chasing an experience or you're chasing um, a lifestyle or you're chasing something and you are taking what God created, and it might be a good thing that God created, and you're taking it and making it more more than it should be. Because even if you're just like, man, I, I can have Jesus and something else. I can have Jesus and this relationship. I can have Jesus and... And it starts to creep up and you start to be distracted from what God has called you to as a believer. It doesn't matter if it's a crystal or a person. It's not it's not God's plan for you. Yeah, um, I'm just thankful, honestly, for God's word. Like you were saying, Jared, bringing in those verses from Romans, but also from... The Old Testament, too, it shows so many examples of the Bible warning us against these practices. And so I don't think that we have to live in a gray area like it can be. The Bible gives us such practical verses that say so clear cut like this is evil and to warn us against not 
you know, giving into these things. Yeah. And I love that the Bible, I mean, it's like God knew we were going to go through these things, right? It's insane. Um, but in Ephesians 6, it talks about the armor of God. And the verse I referenced earlier, I want to read it because it, I think it's so practical towards this topic. But it says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. So this, what we're talking about is a strategy of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be able to stand firm. And so I think like, man, if you're like, how do I, how do I like, what am I supposed to do to stand firm? Like go read God's word, spend time in God's word and see what his word says of how we can succeed, how we can have hope in him and how we can trust him and not put our trust in objects. Yeah, Kugo, I love that you you reference Ephesians 6 right there. And it talks about in Ephesians that the the sword of the spirit mm-hmm. is the truth, right? And the truth is God's word. And uh, some some theologians, biblical scholars think that this sword was really referencing more of like a dagger for like hand-to-hand combat. Wow. And so the, the deal is, is like, there is a spiritual battle and what you use to fight against those, those principalities is that you use the word of God. Like that mm-hmm. is the key is we're always using the word of God, the truth to fight against lies. And what we talk about here all the time is we, we view God's word, it is the lens in which we view the world. We don't take pieces of the world and apply that to God's word. We take God's word and apply that to every situation and circumstance in our world. And that becomes just such a clearer picture of like, what do we do in life? Like that is the truth and that is how we, how we practice and live that out and how we fight. Yeah, I think about John 10.10. 10. And I kind of referenced it earlier that like Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And sometimes it's sneaky. Like he'll steal and kill and destroy in ways that are a slow burn. And, and I think we have to understand that if you're found in Christ, you're protected. You're, you're like, your your soul is is confirmed. You're written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Like you're going to spend eternity with Christ. But he will seek to discredit. He'll seek to disqualify. He'll seek to do all those things that he can do. Um, in a in a secret, quiet, small way that's distracting and seems so small. But I think you have to look at the other, the contrasting side of that verse that that Jesus came that we might have life and have it abundantly. To know that, like, man, this is not a limiting faith of like, oh, can't have that, can't have that. No, it's an opening faith. It's a it's a life giving faith that we get to have in Christ. Yeah, and today we've talked about two things. We talked about manifestations and crystals. There'll be something else in the next 10 years, in the next year. And so what we always have to be, we always have to uh, understand that we are sober-minded, we're watchful, um, because Satan, he's going to keep bringing new things. He's going to keep bringing, it'll be something different, you know, a decade from now. But we always have to be on guard and viewing God's Word as truth. Yeah. Guys, thank you for the conversation today. It's been encouraging, challenging. I hope it has been for you as well. Uh, We'll catch you next time.